I mean, I, I did that. I went to a couple online meetings before I ever went to my first physical meeting. And where did you find them? Well, I Googled them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 49 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Howard. He used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Howard, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live, or have lived, with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Are you new to Al-Anon? Do you wonder what to expect? What should you do immediately? What are the challenges we face early on? Does Al-Anon have its own culture? Well, you've come to the right place if these are questions you're wondering about, because today we're going to talk about getting started in Al-Anon. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of getting started. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them, take what you like, and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Wendy. How are you doing, Wendy? I'm doing good today. Yeah, not good bothered day. by the snow? Nah. First snow today. Yeah. <laughs> Early November. Seems yeah, a little soon. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. The first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic getting started in al Following a musical break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend, and in our lives. We will follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. I'm going to open with a reading. This is the uh, suggested Al-Anon welcome that is read at the beginning of many Al-Anon meetings. I think just about every Al-Anon meeting I've been to opens with this reading. We welcome you to the Al-Anon family group and hope you will find in this fellowship the help and friendship we have been privileged to enjoy. We who live or have lived with the problem of alcoholism understand as perhaps few others can. We too were lonely and frustrated, but in Al-Anon we discovered that no situation is really hopeless and that it is possible for us to find contentment and even happiness whether the alcoholic is still drinking or not. We urge you to try our program. It has helped many of us find solutions that lead to serenity. So much depends on our own attitudes, and as we learn to place our problem in its true perspective, we find it loses its power to dominate our thoughts and our lives. The family situation is bound to improve as we apply the Al-Anon ideas. Without such spiritual help, living with an alcoholic is too much for most of us. Our thinking becomes distorted by trying to force solutions, and we become irritable and unreasonable without knowing it. The Al-Anon program is based on the 12 steps ad adapted from Alcoholics Anonymous, which we try little by little, one day at a time, to apply to our lives along with our slogans and the serenity prayer. The loving interchange of help among members and daily reading of Al-Anon literature thus make us ready to receive the priceless gift of serenity. Anonymity is an important principle of the Al-Anon program. Everything that is said here in the group meeting and member to member must be held in confidence. Only in this way can we feel free to say what is in our minds and hearts, for this is how we help one another in Al-Anon. And as I said, my name is Spencer. And uh, Wendy, what did you expect when you came to your first Al-Anon meeting? That they were going to tell me how I could get my loved one to stop drinking and make my life all peachy, keen, and rosy because it was all about my loved one's drinking and nothing about me. And what actually happened? None of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you haven't been to an Al-Anon meeting and you think that uh, even though you've been listening to this podcast for a while, maybe you think that you go to a meeting and they're going to tell you how to get your 
your loved one sober or or clean or both. Um, then you know that's not what happens. It really isn't. Um, so when you walk into a meeting, um, what do you, what do you you know? Some meetings maybe they have somebody who greets people at the door. Um, how do you how does that how do you feel about that? You know, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I I've tried a lot of meet as as Alanon recommends and as all my local meetings recommend, check out if you, you know, if you have the ability to, to look at uh, various meetings, if you're in a kind of a metropolitan area like we are, we have, you know, we're blessed with lots of different meetings. <clears throat> so each one is a little different. Um, my first one did not have a greeter. It was a very tiny meeting, only about uh, five people. And I was already feeling a little uncomfortable. So, so that one, that I really wish there had been a greeter at that one. But yeah, some of them, they have a, a service position that there's a greeter that automatically makes you feel somewhat at ease walking into this group of strangers. So when you walked into that first meeting, did anybody say hi or are you new here or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one of the, the women um, who was uh, at the table uh, welcomed me and uh, asked if I'd been before. And I said no. And she said, Oh, okay. Well, then that means this will be a first step meeting. Which what meant, did you think about that? Which meant nothing to me, but that scared me that somehow I was changing their whole meeting. That they had something planned, and now because I'm walking in, you know, I'm I'm changing everything. And again, that is something that some meetings do, and some meetings don't. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it it seems you know it, it's just a, a tradition of of the meeting whether they'll do that or not. In in our part of the country. In Michigan, in particular, um, you know, a, a lot of meetings are what we call table meetings, and it sounds like your first meeting was probably one of those. It was. It was a table meeting, just five people sitting around a small little table. And and when when a table meeting gets big, then what happens? Um, well, they, they have different options. Sometimes if a table meeting is big, it's just big and it's crazy. But then lots of times they'll split into to smaller groups if uh, they realize they're, they're too big for the format that they usually follow. Then sometimes they'll just split off into to smaller groups. Right. And so um, the first step, let's say we're going to do a first step tonight. Um, do, do you remember that experience? Do you remember what, what was said or... What they did? Oh, Lord, no. Other than <laughs> I was just so freaked out just about the whole thing. I was just in a really bad place, and I went to Al-Anon because I had I'd tried everything else and nothing else worked, and I was just at the, the lowest I think I'd ever been in my life. And so no matter what the, the format of the meeting or no matter what they had done or said, I still think it would have been a traumatic experience for me my first meeting um but you know they, they couldn't looking back on it now they couldn't have been nicer they couldn't have been more welcoming um i just don't think i was ready for it yet yeah and, and i sometimes wonder about that one of my regular meetings uh is a table meeting and and when we have somebody who's new to the program when it's their first meeting at least if they'll admit it's their first meeting some people don't <laughs> Um, we we do uh, a table on the first step. We and uh, for that meeting, what that means is that we'll read the description of the first step out of the book, how Alanon works, passing the book around the table, and then uh, generally um, the people who've been in the meeting for a while uh, will tell a little bit of their story. You know what what brought them to the program, what they found in the program, why they're why they're coming. Um, in you know maybe to give some hope or to give some connection. Uh, to the to the person who is new, and I often wonder because 
I don't remember very much of what was said in my first meeting. And I often wonder, you know, we are all very sort of careful about telling our story and talking about how, you know, our life is better now. And I often wonder how much people actually hear what they go away with sometimes. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I very little other. I mean, I could maybe tell you the tiniest minute detail about every person at that table. And that's it. Their whole story pff, lost, lost on me. Yeah. My first meeting did not do a first step. It's a it's a fairly large meeting. It wasn't as large back then. It was maybe 20 or 25 people then. Now it gets up to 80 to 100 people. And it's and it's one big circle, so it's not a table format. And uh, they just did whatever the topic of the day was, and I really don't remember what it was, and I really don't remember much of what anybody said. Um, but something sunk in because at the end of the meeting, I felt better, and I felt like I was no longer alone. Um, I did have an occasion when somebody told me maybe a couple years later that part of what I had said at their first meeting really gave them hope. Oh, wow. Um, and I thought, well, huh. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's, sometimes people are listening, right, you know? right? Sometimes, sometimes what I have to say connects with them. And, and I think it also depends. Um, and one of the reasons that I find it, you know, it's good maybe to have a number of people in that experience is because, um, when somebody's coming in, you know, we don't know what their situation is. Um, you know, in my in my situation, uh, I was struggling with, um, you know, the the drinking of a spouse, and but other people come in with their children, or they come in because uh, their parents are alcoholics, or you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a brother or a sister, all kinds of relationships, and maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, mm -hmm. and maybe it's ongoing right now, and maybe they're finally just admitting after 20 years that their parents' drinking has really affected them and they need help. And so to have lots of different people who tell different stories, I think, is helpful there. Oh, um, definitely, because I think that was actually, that was another kind of problem with me at my first meeting. Nobody was really in my same situation. I mean, I know, no looking back on it, they were all in my same situation. <laughs> Just didn't feel like it. Well, right, right. You know, they were some, you know, children with, uh, you know, children of adult alcohol, adult children of alcoholics. Some other ones had, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're all, they'd had active drinking in their lives, but they hadn't had active drinking in their lives for many years. I mean, nobody was really dealing with right then an active alcoholic. And so, once again, I'm already feeling out of place there and then nobody had my same story so it was a it, it was just a, a little weird situation so i kind of look at it as i had two first meetings because something must have stuck something I, I must have saw a glimmer of hope even though i don't remember any of it because i did go to another meeting and that one now granted it was a, a month later it took me another month to get the, the nerve to go back but um it was a different meeting and i just I was ready to hear it. And there was a few people there that had the same story. And, and I don't know, I just, I was ready to receive the message more at that second meeting. So I kind of look at it as I had two first meetings because. <laughs> and I think that's also important to recognize that sometimes, um, and I know a number of people who went to a meeting and didn't click and maybe they came back a few times and over maybe a period of a couple of years sometimes. And, mm -hmm. and, all of a sudden, boom, you know, there, there it was, it, it made sense or whatever it was. Right. Um, so one of the things that um, we try to do, um, and the meeting that I go to on Wednesday night, 
uh, is a large meeting, as I said, and it has a what we call a newcomers meeting after the regular meeting, which is a uh, place where uh, one or two of the uh, longer-term members of the of of the meeting of Al-Anon can uh, talk with people who are new, and you know we say we recommend you attend several of these, so making it clear that it's not just for the people who are there on their first day. And it gives people an opportunity to to ask questions and to learn more about the program, which you really can't do in, in a large meeting for sure. And one of the things we do in there is is talk about the literature. You know, we have all these different books in Al-Anon. And I don't know, what, what books do you have, Wendy? Oh, gosh. Well, I was lit rep for one of our meetings, so I think I have just about all of oh, them okay. now. <laughs> what, what did but, you find useful at the beginning? Of, yeah, how Al-Anon works, the, the blue book, um, that that saved my life. I mean, that's, that's what kept, that's what gave me answers that get, that's what gave me hope. Even though the meetings are helpful too in the beginning, don't get me wrong. It, I really connected with how Al-Anon works. That's what kept me going back to the meeting actually, because of, mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to see that in practice through people's shares. Did you get, did you get the book at your first meeting? Uh, no, no, no. I got it at my second first meeting. Your second first meeting. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I did. So they recommended, and it was so inexpensive. That that's what I love both about um, AA and Al Anon is they make their their basic book so affordable. And uh, in in fact, most meetings I go to, people even say, if you can't afford the book, take it. If you need it, take it. You know, and uh, and, and that's. That's really what helped me so much and what connected me to the program initially is just reading that, how Al-Anon works. And do you remember, um, I, I know what, what I connected with when I read the book, but it, um, when I got that book, I, I read the book sort of in two parts, right? There's the, there's the front part of the book, which is sort of the, the text, if you will, the uh, description of the program, of the 12 steps of these things we call tools, like the slogans and concepts that we use. And then in the back part of the book, there's a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I really used those stories when I was, um, you know, having trouble sleeping, for example. I could pick the book up and I could read one or two of these stories, and they're only four or five pages right. long, so they're pretty short. And, and I could get a little bit of hope, and maybe I could get a little bit of something resembling serenity, and maybe I could get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that book really helped me at the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I also connected. I mean, I, I, I loved the beginning and just getting the, you know, the basics and the slogans. But, but yeah, I think I also connected with the, uh, the member stories because there were some stories that, that somewhat mirrored my story more and, uh, just gave me some hope. Just, and, and put, put the perspective where it needed to me. It really made it clear that that this program was about me. It wasn't about my alcoholic. It, the program was about me. And it really came to life in those those people's stories and how they used the program. That is, yeah, that's true. Because, I don't know, for me, I find stories are really a way in which I learn. They're a way in which I connect. And when when somebody is telling a personal story or they're telling a story as if it's a personal story, it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, I connect with it a lot better and I get more out of it than when people are talking in sort of generalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you do sort of at the beginning once you, once you went to your second first meeting? Um, were there certain things that, that you did or maybe people encouraged you to do or that you thought you should do? Um, I did um, then – 
I started reading how Al-Anon works. I then uh, did check out some other meetings, um, and I really liked that that um, the second first meeting that I went to. Um, I, I really connected with it, and I, I still like that meeting to this day. But I did check out some other ones, and I'm so glad I did because I actually found the meeting that I now consider my home group. Um, by doing that exploration that they recommended, I found some formats that worked better for me. I found some formats that eh, I, I just didn't click with. If I was in trouble, I was so glad they were there and went to them. But um, but they weren't ones that I would necessarily attend regularly. And um, and at least around here, every it just seems like every meeting is so different. The format is so different. The the makeup of the members is so different that I really found an idea for what meetings I would go to depending on my need. What I mean by that is, say I really need to share, I'm really going through something, you know, bad, and I've got to get this off my chest, at least in the beginning, before I had a sponsor or anything. That that was my only outlet, really, because I had, I'd burned through all my friends and family. I couldn't really talk to them about my my what I was going through with my alcoholic anymore. I really felt I was alone. And so this was my only place I could go to talk to anybody about what I was going through. And um, the, uh, so the, the, I found certain table meetings were great places that I would go to them if I really needed to talk. If I was hurting so bad that I just needed to get some wisdom, I might go to like that big meeting that you were talking about where there are members there that have been in the program for a long time and they just have some great strength and hope that they share. And I would go to those. Or if I was in such a bad way that I just needed to kind of escape. I needed to hear the message, but I didn't want to... I wanted to just kind of be anonymous in the group, you know, lose myself in that group. That that was a good one for me to go to. And then there was other ones I just went to for the camaraderie, to be perfectly honest with you. I just liked the people and liked hanging out with those people. So it, by checking out different meetings and different formats, I found found out what was out there in the first place and then found how to best use them depending on my situation. Yeah, I had a similar experience. And, and my first meeting was that that Wednesday night meeting that is so large. And uh, then I started going to some other meetings. So um, here's something, you know, one of the questions that, that our correspondent, our listener who suggested this topic asked, like, what should I do right away? And one of the things that I must have done, I think they, you know, they gave me a little literature packet that had information about the program. And one of the things that was in there was a card with the list of all the meetings in the area. So then I had, I, I had a way to find out about other meetings that I could go to. And so I did try, I did try different meetings. And as you say, I found some that, that worked for me and some that didn't work for me. Um, one of the things that I found, uh, was this, this, uh, at one of the meetings I went to, like the different tables had different topics. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the tables was, they were working on one of the later steps, and I didn't want to have anything to do with that because this was, <laughs> I don't know, maybe my third or fourth meeting I'd been to or something, really. And there was another table that was called Barefoot. And I thought, hmm, okay, I'll try that. That sounds <laughs> non-threatening. <laughs> sounds like something I could handle. And what I found was, at least at that meeting on that day at that table, uh, that 
it was mostly people just complaining about how awful their life was and all the bad things oh. that had happened to them that week. And and I w- I'm really grateful that I knew at that point that not all meetings were like that mm-hmm. because it really didn't do much for me. I think it, you know, hopefully it did something for the people who were bitching. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they left feeling a little better. I don't know. Um, I never went back. Mm-hmm. I never went back to that particular. I didn't go back to that particular meeting, partly because the time didn't work for me very well, but also because, and I wouldn't have gone to that table if I'd gone back to that meeting. But some meetings focus, for example, on the twelve steps, and they'll just rotate around each week. They'll they'll talk about the next step after the one they talked about the week before. Um, one of the meetings that I used to go to regularly, uh, they did that. It was a Friday night meeting. And at the first meeting of the month, they would talk about the step of the month. And then they would rotate through. That was a little bit complicated. So you could get like step two, maybe twice in a row or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I never saw that happen. Maybe if that happened, they'd just go on to step three. I don't know. Um, but it was a pretty good meeting. And, but it was not, it was, it was a meeting that was harder to kind of say, well, this is what's going on in my life right now because, I always felt like I had to try to connect what I was saying to whatever the topic was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes that's easier and sometimes that's not. (laughs) Um, But the benefit of that meeting was for me that I got to hear people who'd been in the program for a while talk about the value that these steps had in their life and how this, maybe how these steps had helped them to deal with, um, you know, living with an alcoholic or having uh, an alcoholic relative or whatever, you know, their particular situation was. And to start to see maybe how they might help me, because I know when I first came along, I had no idea what those 12 steps were going to do for me. They didn't seem to have anything to do with my problem. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Oh, definitely the same way. I, I couldn't, I, I could connect with the first step. That that was real simple because, yeah, my life was unmanageable. So there there was no problem connecting with that. But beyond that first step, I really had a hard time, you know, connecting with it at all. It was through people's shares and, and seeing, hearing their stories of what they'd been through or what they were going through still. And yet hearing how they were handling it and hearing the serenity and the the wisdom, you know, that people were sharing. I just thought, oh my gosh, I want that. Okay, I don't get how you get that from those steps, but I'm going to keep coming because if that's how you get it, well, I want that. So, you know, I I just kind of fake it till you make it. I just kept coming to the meetings and coming to the meetings and uh, and eventually it kind of started to sink in how, yeah, I could could work the steps and how I could, you know, then uh, start to, to gain some of that, but but I couldn't do that for a long time. It, it was months and months. All I could do was just go to meetings and listen, and that helped. Oh my gosh, did that help? I would walk out. I would walk in so full of despair, perhaps even crying, and I would walk out practically skipping, like a, like a kindergartner. I mean, I was just so just physically lighter coming out mm-hmm, of those meetings. Mm-hmm. No matter what people had shared, if it was really sad things they had shared, or really you know you know breakthrough things they had shared. It didn't matter. I just felt lighter and better just for being at the meetings themselves. Mm -hmm. So that brings up a really, a really good point. What should you do right away? You should keep on going to meetings. Oh yeah, definitely. Without (laughs) Um, a doubt. And you said listening. And one of the things that was, I think, hard for me uh, at the beginning, still sometimes is, (laughs) um, is is keeping my mouth shut and listening. And I go to 
basically all of the meetings that I go to on a regular basis have a format that we call no crosstalk, um, which means that when somebody's sharing, everybody else is silent. And you don't interrupt, you don't comment, you don't ask questions. And then after they're done sharing, you still don't talk directly back to them. You don't comment, maybe comment directly on what they said, particularly if it if it's like giving advice. Um, and for me, that was really, really valuable in two ways. One, it taught me to listen because I had one chance to talk during the meeting and then I had to listen the whole mm -hmm. rest of the time. And it, it, it helped me, or I guess it was helpful that maybe I had some, some training as a, as a teacher to be able to sort of put together what I wanted to say in a semi-coherent um, fashion. But, uh, you know, I had to sort of think about what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it um, because I only got that one chance. And it was really good practice to, 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 to listen because, I mean, for me, both of those are valuable. Listening because I hear things that are not my ideas. Um, and, you know, I have said and I have heard it said that, you know, the inside of my mind is a dangerous neighborhood and I really shouldn't go in there alone. <laughs> and so taking other people's uh, ideas, other people's strength and hope in with me really is helpful. Um, but I also have to talk because if I just sit there silently, I'm only getting half of the benefit of the meeting. If I don't talk about maybe what's my pain this week or what um, what I've learned or how I had a breakthrough or whatever it might be, or just um, sort of a reflection on maybe what the topic of the meeting is. And um, I always try to connect it to something in my personal life. Uh, like I said, I like to hear stories, so I try to tell stories. Um, did you, when you uh, when you went to your first meeting, first couple of meetings, did you get phone numbers from anybody? I did. I did. I got a, a phone list um, at every meeting that had one when I first started going. Did not use it whatsoever. <laughs> I was far too chicken um, to, to call, even when I probably needed to call. Um, I kind of instead, if I was in trouble, I would find another meeting. Once again, we are so blessed in the community that we're in. We have meetings all the time. I mean, daily, you can find a meeting at, somewhere. At least one every day. Yeah. More than one, yeah. And uh, so rather than picking up a phone, which I probably should have done, um, I would just find a meeting. And that's how I actually found out about all the different meetings, was just because I went to all of them because I was in such a bad way. Um, but uh, yeah, so I actually, Actually, having to make that first call was really hard for me. And in fact, it wasn't until someone physically came up to me and said, hey, you know, if you ever need to talk or whatever, you can call me. That was when I've made my first call. If that person had not done that, I don't think I I don't know when I would have made a made a call just on my own, just to some random stranger on a list. Yeah, I have that. I still have that problem, okay? I've been in the program 11 years. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, and I still have trouble picking up that phone and making a call. And I have a few people that I will I will call first. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I have to call through those people, and then I sort of, well, now, who else, do, who else can I call? <laughs> 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 Whose number is in my phone? Because if, 
if your number's in my phone, at least you gave it to me probably, or I've called you at least once before. Right. Um, but on the other hand, I have a friend in the program who, as he was struggling with, um, you know, his problem, the, the, the person who, whose actions brought him to the program, he took the phone list from that large meeting and went through it from beginning to end. And every time he needed to make a phone call, he'd call the next person on the list. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't have that uh, gumption or courage or whatever it might be. But having said that, and I always tell people in the, in the newcomers meeting that we who have put our name on the phone list are happy to receive calls. We always get a benefit from a program call. And it's not an imposition to call us and really try to encourage people to do what I was not able to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Same here. I wasn't and, able to do it, but I wish someone would. You know, when people have called me, I it, it's I think they've gotten something out of it, but I've definitely got at least as much, if not more, out of that that call myself. Absolutely. And and I have done what that person did for you, which was to go up to somebody after a meeting and say, you know, you sound like you need somebody to talk to. Here's here's my phone number. Maybe point it out on the list or or have them put it into their phone and say, call me. Mm-hmm. Um, one person in a meeting recently was talking about uh, an upcoming day that was going to be very hard for them because of uh, v- certain situations that were going on in their life. And I said, uh, I think it was going to be this was Sunday meeting. It was going to be Monday that this was going to happen. I said, call me on Tuesday. Okay, just call me on Tuesday. However you're feeling, just call me. Mm-hmm. And they did. And we talked for like an hour. <laughs> I mean, mostly they talked and I listened um, because, you know, they that was where they were. They they really needed to talk about their situation. And I guess, you know, I feel like maybe that's something, I don't know. I do that when, when I, when the, I guess when the spirit moves me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes I've, I've done that and ended up with a new sponsee. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hey, you sound like you need somebody to talk to. Hey, would you be my sponsor? I'm like, <laughs> okay, walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> uh, you know, but I learned so much from my sponsees too. So, um, and what about getting a sponsor? Oh well, I once again, th- I was a chicken about that too. Just as I was a chicken about making uh, phone calls. I did not get a sponsor for twelve months. Um, yeah, I was you know, actively reading my literature. And by then I I branched out and gotten, you know, a lot more literature. And I was reading, you know, the, the daily readers and I was somewhat working on the steps on my own and I was going to meetings. I just, I, I had a hard time getting a sponsor. I would f- connect with somebody and think, ooh, I'm going to ask them to be my sponsor. And then they would move out of state. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And so then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll start looking again. And I would start to connect with somebody and I'm about ready to ask them. And I overheard the, this lady say, yeah, I can't take on any more sponsees right now. I'm I'm really busy to somebody else. I'm like, oh, well, okay, don't need to ask her. <laughs> I, I just kept running. I think I ran into that with four different people. Finally, I asked someone to uh, be my sponsor. And she was also a little too overbooked, but she said she'd give it a try. And she did. And um, 
It was wonderful. It didn't last very long because she was overbooked. So after I started getting involved, actually physically working the steps, um, it it became clear that I needed to get another sponsor. Um, And she recommended somebody and it was great. But but back to getting a sponsor, I was so scared. I don't even know why. These people say they're willing to be sponsors because they're willing to be sponsors. But I was so scared they were just going to say no. Like, oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think we're a good fit or something. I don't know what I expected. But, um, yeah, you know, the funny thing is when everybody kept telling me, just ask. The worst they're going to do is say, you know, I can't take on anybody right now, but why don't you try X, Y, or Z person? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I, I really wish I probably would have done that, but I, I was where I needed to be. I needed to to absorb the steps. I needed to be in a better place. Um. Because I was ready. Once I did finally get a sponsor, I was ready to to really start working on those steps and working on them hard. So I, I while at some times I think I wish I would have done it earlier, it happened th- that way because it needed to happen that way. Yeah, but that's that's often the way it is. And um, I got a sponsor fairly early. I think I think I'd been in the program two or three months, um, but I was. I don't know. I was desperate. (laughs) Um, I've heard it said um, that uh, you're only ever late to your first meeting and usually years late. (laughs) Right, right. And I certainly was years late to my first meeting. I I really um, did not understand what the program was there for um, me when when it was recommended to me by various people and uh, until I got here. You know, when I came to my first meeting, I... uh, I was so afraid I would see somebody I knew. And of course, as soon as I walked in the door, I did. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, and we both sort of looked at each other like, okay, here we are. Uh, I sat near the door so that I could, you know, escape if I needed to. Right. Um, and uh, and I cried. And I don't think I was intending to. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't. But I did. And... That happens, you know, it, it's when, when you finally, when I finally found myself in a place where I felt I could talk about what was going on, uh, you know, there was a whole bunch of emotion that needed to come out. And so, you know, if you're going to your first meeting and somebody says something and it just really hits you and you start crying or you try to talk and you can't cause you're crying, that is normal. That is normal, and it's expected almost. Yeah. Oh, I cried you know, my first few meetings, definitely. Uh, and and hopefully somebody <laughs> will bring you a box of Kleenex, or toss it across the table or whatever. Uh, we always always try to have Kleenex in the meetings because somebody's going to cry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen every week, but um, when it does, we want to be ready. When did you start working the steps? Uh, officially after a year. Uh, no, I take it back like nine months into the program, but I had, I had kind of gotten to step three on my own. Um, hmm. About four months in, 
I really started, I thought, well, if I'm not going to get a sponsor, I better, I still want to continue moving forward because these steps are what have, you know, brought this wisdom to these people. So, and I want that and I want that serenity that these people have. So I better get to work. So I, it was probably about four months in before that. I, I just couldn't, but I got what I needed. I went to the meetings. I, you know, I, I heard what I liked i took what i wanted and left the rest yeah. and and that was enough to get me through it was a place where i could feel safe i could talk about you know what i i needed to to unload because there was no place else to go and and that's all i could handle right then and that's okay i know people that you know have been in the program a year and a half and still have not started working the steps because they just can't. They, and that's okay. That's what I love about this program. It's such a gentle program. You can, you can take two years to do your four step. You can, you can, you know, not work on any steps for however long you want. You're welcome to just take what you want and leave the rest and get what you can get out of this program. Right. So if you're coming in and, you know, you're hearing people talk about steps, maybe you come to a meeting that's all about the steps. You know, they're, they really are the core of the program, but they're not necessarily what you need right away. And, and some of us, you know, I jumped in pretty quickly, um, particularly that first step, which is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. And I really believe that coming to my first meeting was an admission of my powerlessness, that, that until that time, until that day, I was still suffering under the delusion that I could control what was going on. And when I finally realized I couldn't, then I was willing to, to look for help. Um, of course, you know, that didn't like last, um, <laughs> but, but it was a step. Right, right. And it was a small step, but it was an important step. So, you know, like you say, we say when, when you're ready, you'll do it. Uh, and don't, don't really push yourself. Don't do it because you think you should. Uh, should is such a, a hard word. It's a bad word. It should be four letters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so what about things that maybe seemed a little odd when you first came to the program? You know, we have this language that we speak. We talk about the steps. We say fourth step, and we expect everybody to understand what we mean. And did you notice that when you were early you know, in your first few meetings, did oh, you notice did. these words? You had no clue what oh, people were talking about? Not only the words, but the slogans. Oh, my gosh. When I first came into the program and I would hear these pithy little slogans, I thought, oh, my gosh, how lame is that? You know, they're just some little let go, let God. Oh, yeah, like that means anything. Nice little slogan. Oh, my gosh, I can't live without let go, let God right now. And that's why they work. Yeah, they're cheesy, they're short, they're silly, but that's why they work. When you are at your lowest and you just need something to, to grab onto, you can remember those four words, you know. You can remember let go, let God. You can remember those things, and that's why they work. They're simple, rememberable, and at the core – they're what you need to do to get through that situation. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I just thought this is the cheesiest program I've ever heard of. They're all spouting every, every share has all these silly little slogans in them. I'm like, uh, and yeah, I was rolling my eyes big time, but, <laughs> but now I cling to them. Can't get through a day without a slogan. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think uh, people referring to the steps by number, um, particularly, 
I think actually none of the meetings that I go to now will have the steps posted. Sometimes, like if you go to a meeting at at um, what at, around here at least, and I think in other parts of the country, it's called an Alano Club, which is a basically a club that hosts twelve step meetings. They will very often have these big posters of the of the steps on the wall, or you go to recovery center, they will often have the posters of the steps on the wall. And so if somebody says, "Oh yeah, I'm working on my fifth step," you can look over and say, five, five, let's see, admitted to." God to myself and to another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs. I'm never going to do that. (laughs) Okay. Um, But we do throw those numbers around and expect everybody to know what they mean. And and I think, you know, that can be a little bit of a problem early on. Um, I remember uh, I was in a meeting recently and then I sat in at the beginners, uh, the newcomers meeting afterwards and, and somebody in the meeting, I guess had talked about uh, taking somebody else's inventory (laughs) <laughs> and one of the people in the beginner's circle, the newcomer's circle, said, what does it mean to take somebody else's inventory? And I said, well, it's like if I say, oh, you know, that person is such a jerk. He's always, um, you know, ragging on me about stuff, and he never does anything right. And, you know, I'm taking his inventory. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listing out the things that are wrong with him. But again, we say, yeah, I'm taking somebody's inventory or, you know, I shouldn't be taking my loved one's inventory. And, right. <laughs> and again, we expect people to know what we mean. I don't know. Were there things that struck you other than, I mean, you know, yeah, the slogans are definitely something that we say and they have all this meaning sort of encoded in them. But do you remember other things that maybe confused you at the beginning? Because I'm having trouble. It's been a while. Right. <laughs> um, no, having... I, in the beginning, I the, the steps. I mean, yeah, when people refer to them, I I didn't know them yet. So although that was kind of good because it got me back reading, it would keep me reading my lit to to learn the steps. So I didn't seem so I wasn't as out of it. it you know, it forced me to to read my how Elanon works and you know learn the steps so I could understand what people were saying. But um, uh, you know, so 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 that that was good in that aspect. I'm trying to, oh, I know the con, um, the traditions, and like, oh my gosh, yeah, I I had the hardest time with the traditions, and and understanding what they meant to me, other than just the right. surface. So the traditions are like the steps. There are twelve <laughs> of them, uh, but they relate to they they relate directly to how our groups are supposed to function. Um, they're not really rules, but they are guidelines. And and some meetings really pay attention to them. Some meetings don't pay attention to them at all. Um, and again, there's 12 of them, so it's a whole other list of things to remember. <laughs> and uh, and they're longer, too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> some of them are pretty darn wordy, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those. Um, what about God Talk? How did you feel about God when you came into the program? Oh, you know, in fact, you were just talking about crying, and uh, just recently at a meeting, um, this topic came up, and I've been in the program almost two years now. It'll be two years in February, and um, so I don't cry a lot at meetings anymore, but oh my gosh, bawled my face off just recently um, because of that. I A lot of people come into the program and have no concept of God, have no concept of a higher power. So this program is really difficult for them to embrace because they think, well, I don't believe in God. So how can I believe in this program that's, you know, espousing God or a higher power? That wasn't me. My, my situation was a little different. I, I grew up with a religion. I still, um, still practice that religion today. But, um, 
what had happened to me was I became really angry at God mm. because I was really focused on God wasn't doing my will. It was none of, none of this, you know, for, I, I need to follow God's will. It was God needs to do my will and he needs to do it now. And he isn't and he's ignoring my my pleas, my prayers. And so I was really angry at God coming into this program. And so that's why I had a hard time with it because I thought, yeah, God's my salvation, you know, through this program or whatever. He's going to make it better and I'm turning it over to him. I tried to turn it over and he didn't do anything for me. I was just so angry. I was just so wrapped up in my anger. And, uh, I'm just so grateful to this program for, for finding a whole new realization of of what a higher power can be that includes God for me. Um and but yeah, so it was very difficult for me to even, you know, embrace the second and third steps even though I like I said I came into this with with a, a concept of God, but it was a kind of daunted and bad concept of God. So so yeah, that was difficult for me in the beginning. Yeah, and I, I I'm one of those people that that I didn't want to hear about God. Uh I didn't 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 believe in in that God thing, and uh, higher power. So higher power is is a tricky one there because I can hear that as God, in which case I'm like, eh, stay away. Um, or I can hear that as, and and I like the way that it's said in in the second step, which is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, mm-hmm. because you know I didn't have a lot of trouble with the concept that there were powers greater than me. Now, whether they could actually restore me to sanity, that was open to question. But um, there were powers greater than me, and it was it was uh, easy to um, use something like my meeting as a power greater than me because I could go to a meeting and I would hear stuff that helped me. And so, you know, I was starting to get some sanity. And so I sort of gradually have come into the, the God talk, but I know that, that a lot of people do have trouble with it, whether it's because they're really mad at the God that they grew up with because how did all these horrible things happen in their life or because they have trouble with God at all. Uh, yeah, so um, that, w- that was a challenge for me, and, and, I, and I hear it a lot of people talking about how it's a challenge. But that's why, once again, I, that's why I really love this program. It's such a kind and gentle program and, and encompassing program because they do. I mean, it, it, as for as much as the word God is there, they, they try to use the term higher power, you know, almost as often. And, and so, I mean, in, in my head, they're, they're kind of interchangeable. I, I mean, I may say God, but in my head, I'm also thinking higher power. So whatever, your higher power is that's okay in this program if it's if it's the universe if it if it's nature whatever it is that can you can realize there's something bigger than you that that you can't control at all and you've kind of come to that realization by even coming to the meeting at all that you yep. <laughs> there's got to be help somewhere and and just you know you don't have to have it be some narrow idea of even the word god of this or religion or anything like that they it's really open to interpretation um and they they try to really kind of stress that throughout the the program so i real that's why i really like this program because i i had a lot of you know atheist friends or or whatever and uh you know i they all came to find help in the program and they found help in the program whether they've they've 
encompassed, encompassed an idea of God or whether they still can just think of the concept of higher power, they've gotten help from the program. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I found too. Do you, do you feel there, there is an Al-Anon culture? That was something else our, our listener asked. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. I guess. So maybe when you are together with some friends who are in the program, maybe you're not in a meeting, but you're just with friends who are in the program, you know, do you sort of together act differently than you would with a set of friends who are not in the program? Oh, absolutely. In fact, a friend in the program and I were just having this conversation and said, why can't everybody just be in the program? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can, you know, we, we all speak the same language. We're all working on the, the same things. It's so much harder when we, we get together with our family or friends that aren't that they don't have no concept of program that just dealing with them is more difficult. So, you know, you can, you can, you have a shorthand, I guess, with the people that are in the program, you could call them on things easier or have them call you on things easier. And it's, uh, and, and yeah, you're just all working under the same concept of things. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think there is, and I think everybody needs a 12-step program. Perhaps not this one, but I think everybody needs one. <laughs> All right. Um, so do you have any um, last thoughts? Um, what would you say to somebody who is considering going to an al meeting but hasn't maybe worked up the, the nerve or uh, to, to do it yet? What would you say? Um give it another try. If you went once and you didn't like it, try it again. If there's a the possibility of going to a different meeting, try that. If not, try that same meeting again. Maybe you just aren't ready. If you really aren't ready even for that, maybe even see if you can get an Al-Anon book, you know, and try reading it and just kind of getting into it that way. I think this podcast is a wonderful way, you know, and, and podcasts like this um, are, you know, a great way. There are, there are message boards out, you know, on the internet and, and online meetings. I mean, I, I did that. I went to a couple online meetings before I ever went to my first physical meeting. And where did you find them? Well, I Googled them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Google online Al-Anon meeting? I did. I absolutely okay. did. Yeah. Right. And then I found some online ones and, and went to, you know, to those um, because I I was too chicken to go in person. So were they basically like chat rooms? Yeah. Where people yeah. were typing? Yeah, they were. They were chat rooms. Um, Some of them were just an open chat room with a, a topic. Some were led exactly like a meeting. Um, you know, they, they had an open, they had, uh, perhaps a, a specific topic or perhaps a, a step that they were discussing. Um, and then, like I said, and then some were more open. Um, yeah, that, that, that really helped me out a lot in some of my, my worst, darkest days before I did actually physically come to the program. Yeah. You know, I've never done an, an online meeting. I've done, um, you know, like Skype chats with friends, but that's not exactly the same as a meeting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, because again, as you said, in, in our area, there are so many meetings. It used to be for me, Thursday was a time when I had trouble finding a meeting. And, uh, then a friend recommended one that's a little farther away. It's, you know, 20, 25 minutes away from where I live, which for some people is close. <laughs> um, you know, where my, most of my meetings are my five minutes away, uh, uh, 25 <laughs> minutes is, is a bit. But uh, so I never really had the need to to go online because I could always find 
one in person. But, uh, you know, I understand that maybe also I was lucky that, that, uh, um, you know, my kids were old enough that maybe I could leave them home for an hour. One of the meetings that I started going to early had actually had childcare so I could take the kids there. Um, I think some of the times when I went to a meeting, maybe I'd, we had a, a nanny who was with them in the afternoon after school. And so I'd, I'd ask her to stay late, something like that. And, and I know that can be a real challenge for some people. Um, you know, if you're single and you got kids, for example, it's, it's, it can be really hard. And uh, probably online meetings are, are really helpful there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing I would say is go to a meeting, um, you know, and keep going to meetings. Yeah, go, go to two. Go uh, to at least two meetings. Yeah, go to at least two. <laughs> we like to tell people you should go to at least six before right, you decide whether right. the program's for you. But if you listen to this podcast and you're getting something from it, you know, it's likely that you will also get something from a meeting. And you'll be actually, I think you'll be a lot more comfortable there than you think you will because – You've already heard us talking about these, these these slogans and these steps and stuff, and so it won't be quite so weird when you walk in there. And you know that, uh, for the most part, we're friendly people, and we're there we're there for our own recovery, but we're also there, uh, as the twelve step says, to carry this message to others, and that's you. Um, and so, you know, those those of us who have been in the program a long time. I mean, I still go to meetings because I need to go to meetings, but I'm also going to the meetings to help carry that message. And sometimes it's both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Same here. So I think uh, we'll close with a reading that we very often close meetings with. And this is also in the book, How Al-Anon Works. Wendy, can you read that? In closing, I would like to say that the opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you liked and leave the rest. The things you heard were spoken in confidence and should be treated as confidential. Keep them within the walls of this room and the confines of your mind. A few special words to those of you who haven't been with us long. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If you try to keep an open mind, you'll find help. You will come to realize that there is no situation too difficult to be bettered and no unhappiness too great to be lessened. We aren't perfect. The welcome we give you may not show the warmth we have in our hearts for you. After a while, you'll discover that although you may not like all of us, you'll love us in a very special way, the same way we already love you. Talk to each other, reason things out, but let there be no gossip or criticism of one another. Instead, let the understanding, love, and peace of the program grow in you one day at a time. Thanks, Wendy. And we're going to take a short break here with uh, a song by Arcade Fire. It's called Ready to Start. A few of the lyrics here that, that sort of struck me as, you know, this, this, this topic of getting started about well, getting ready to start, I guess, here. Uh, it says, then I guess I'll just begin again. You say we can still be friends. If I was scared, I would. And if I was pure, you know I would. And if I was yours, but I'm not. Now I'm ready to start. So, go to me. I was yours, 
In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week. And I'll give Wendy a break. I'll go first. Uh, so I uh, went to my meeting uh, Wednesday night, and it was the first Wednesday of the month, and the format of that meeting is that somebody does what we call a first-step talk, which is they spend about 30 minutes uh, talking about what their life was like um, what brought them into Al-Anon and what their life has, is like now, or in the uh, in the immortal phrasing uh, of the uh, of the AA program, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. No, that's not quite it. Oh well, <laughs> maybe maybe somebody can uh, can remind me. Um, so anyway, yeah. So the person who talked on Wednesday is not somebody that I had heard their story before, and. It was a it was a an amazing story, uh, you know, starting from childhood and and uh, with a lot of and you know for me the the best first step talks, the best open talks, if you will, are the ones where the person really focuses on themselves rather than on the alcoholics or addicts that might be in their life. And this person really did, um, and it was uh, it was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, they put some readings in out of the literature. And several of those were things that really spoke to something that was happening in my life right at that moment, which is what happens in meetings and why I say that very often the group, maybe the group is not my higher power, but my higher power, my God, speaks to me so often through other people and through people in meetings. And that's one of the reasons that I keep going to meetings, because I need to hear that guidance that I will otherwise uh, you know, get my own ideas, which are generally not so healthy. Uh, Saturday morning, I've started going to a meeting on Saturday mornings, uh, which is uh, a step-focused meeting, and uh, this this week it was step seven, and I've spoken before in the podcast about the power that step seven has had in my life recently, so I was really, really happy to be uh, there hearing other people sharing about step seven. I also saw a friend who I hadn't seen in about a month, uh, and it was good to see them and to know that they're okay because they were they were in a not such a good place the last time I saw them. And um, and then I went to the meeting uh, Sunday night, which is one of my regular meetings, and we had a newcomer at our table. So we did a first step where we read the step out of the book, and then uh, people shared about what Al-Anon had meant for them in their lives. And uh, I don't know. I got a lot out of it. Um, whether the newcomer got a lot out of it, I can't say. Uh, because I'm not in their head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's been a pretty good week. Um, and, and I'm trying to think about how, how I've been using recovery outside of my meetings. And I had a couple of phone calls um, with friends in the program. They were, they were helpful. Um, I am struggling with uh, uh, some stuff right now that uh, I'm I, not ready to talk about uh, on, the, on the podcast, at least. And, and having... Uh, people in the program that I can talk to about it has been really helpful uh, because of, well, one, I can get it out of my head uh, and often just talking about it helps, but also uh, I can listen and I can hear what they have to say and get um, maybe a truer perspective on uh, what's going on, what's going on with me and and how I'm going to move forward. And that's that's always helpful. How about Wendy? you, Wendy? How was your week? 
good. Uh, Program-wise, I uh, went to a meeting on Friday, and uh, it we were reading a passage, uh, one of the, the daily reflections, um, out of Courage to Change, and I'd read it in the morning. It, it's it's always my habit in the morning to to read uh, Courage to Change, the daily reading. And I read it. I just flippantly cast it aside and thought, oh, I already do that. I'm good. Next. <laughs> and it was all about um, doing good things for people and not expecting things in return. And I thought, oh, I do good things for people all the time and don't expect anything in return. Okay, next. And uh, so then I get to the meeting and they're reading it again and I almost am tuning it out, just, you know, thinking about, oh, what am I going to do this weekend? And all of a sudden people started sharing. And I thought, oh, crap. Oh, yeah, I do that. Oh, crap, I do that, too. <laughs> and so it, that's why so many times it's just so good for me to go to a meeting, because while lots of times the daily readings really speak to me and I get a lot out of them, sometimes they don't necessarily hit me. I need someone else's perspective on on that same topic to, to realize how it relates to me. And I thought, oh, my goodness, yeah, I might not immediately – I may just do something nice for someone and not immediately expect anything nice in return, not feel they owe me anything. But oh my goodness, if I feel slighted later on, a week later, two weeks later, feeling they're not pulling their weight, oh, let me tell you, I can give you a laundry list of everything nice I've done for you with some little expectations behind it. So so obviously, maybe I'm not consciously um, doing nice thing, expecting something in return, but subconsciously, I most definitely am. So it was good. Hearing that definitely gave me something to, to think about, something to work upon. Um, and I have. I've actually been thinking about it just about every day since since that meeting. Um also, um, in my recovery, working on the fourth step, been working on it a while. We'll be working on it for a while longer. And, and can you remind our listeners what the fourth Why step I is? Can. <laughs> I'm doing a searching and moral inventory of myself. And, um, and it's the, the, in Al Anon, there's this workbook, um, blueprint for progress. And, um, it's very long and very big and very scary and daunting, but it's really good too. I think if I didn't have this, this way of doing it, this tool for getting through my fourth step, I think I, I probably, I, I would shortchange myself. Um, but the fourth step, taking a, a real inventory of your, your weaknesses, but strengths as well. That's the part I love about it is because you also need to, to, to find your strengths as well as your weaknesses, the things that you, um, that, that you want to work upon. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been scary, but it, it's been good. And I just have to keep remembering that it's an inventory. And I just, somebody said in a meeting, I'm going to out you, Spencer. It may have even been you. Uh, somebody said at a meeting that um, think of it truly like an inventory. You're at a grocery store and you're taking the inventory of the shelves. I got five cans of peas and six things of rice. You know, 
do it just almost as disconnected like that. Just you're just listing, you know, what what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And don't get so involved. Don't beat yourself up about them. You know, there, there's time to reflect upon them later. Right now, just get that inventory done. Just find out how many peas you got. So I, I try to keep remembering that as I'm going through, especially if I'm bringing up some icky feelings. I do. I just in my head think, Peas, just do the peas. <laughs> peas, I have to remember that. Yeah, it's just how many cans of peas? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So that that's the other thing I've been uh, working on is uh, my fourth step this week. All right, thanks. You know, I thought of something else on Sunday afternoon. Um, I went to a small group uh, ministry uh, at uh, at my church, and the topic. This was a. Uh, we have these circles that meet. They meet like ten times throughout the year. You have to make a commitment to those, and then there are, I think, every month or every couple of months, they have one that's just a drop-in that you just sign up to go one time, and the topic for this one was forgiveness. And at the time I saw the the sign-up, um, I had just realized that um, I needed to find forgiveness for myself for some things that I had done when... Um, you know, I was not in recovery and I was full of anger and rage and, and the way that I had acted. And I was finding it hard to forgive myself for the way I treated my children uh, because they were innocent and they were not the people that I was really angry at. And, but it came out on them. And, uh, and so I saw this, uh, we were going to be talking about forgiveness and I'm like, perfect, signing up right now. <laughs> I think I was first person on a sign up list. And so, um, that was, that was really good. And it's a very similar format to, um, uh, it's very similar for me to a 12-step meeting, slightly different. We start out with, you know, a little prayer and stuff, and then uh, each person shares their thoughts about the the questions that were put forth about the topic or maybe some the, maybe some readings that we had or whatever in, um, in this mode where I share about my stuff and you guys don't talk to me, and then I shut up and I listen to you. Just, so it much, feels very much like a meeting to me, very familiar. And then after that, there was time for some back and forth discussion, which also was very interesting and helpful. Um, so that, uh, and of course, you know, I brought some of my 12 step stuff in there, although I didn't say 12 step stuff. <laughs> Trying to sneak it in there, you know, <laughs> like amends. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was good. Um, you know, we got a couple uh, couple people uh, commenting in the chat room here. Um, Mark from the Recovered Podcast. Uh, Showed up, said, hi, kids. Uh, he said, he's coming home from Toronto. Um, and, and I said, I'm here with Wendy tonight. And he said, I could use a Wendy's. I'm starving. <laughs> and that is Mark right there. Okay. That is definitely Mark. And Rick uh, has uh, has been commenting here. He said, uh, um, well, he apologized. He wasn't able to listen very closely because he was talking to his fiance who's in the Ukraine and really had to pay attention to her. And, you know, I get that, Rick. Okay. <laughs> um, totally get that. Uh, but he says uh, when he was over there, our podcast was a great resource for him, and uh, and I remember hearing from you, and uh, you know I'm glad we could do that and and provide that uh, service. And hey, we had a listener in the Ukraine. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, the, the podcast is a good you know uh, resource for me as well. I mean, I was talking about my week in recovery and the meetings I attended, but I listened to this podcast, and I I truly have to admit that I, I consider this almost a meeting. While it isn't a meeting, I mean, it does serve a purpose for me when I can't get to a meeting. I had a really busy week at work. I had to work all weekend, so I couldn't attend a meeting that I wanted to attend. And so I listened to the podcast, and it helped me. So I, I definitely use the, this as a, as a resource as well. All right. And, uh, you know, 
next week, next week I'm going to try to talk talk about step eleven. Um, that depends on on getting guests, but that's that's my intent. So I'm going to say we'll talk about step eleven next week. And step eleven um, is uh, oh geez, step eleven. Step eleven is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> I'm glad you had that right in front of you. <laughs> Uh, so, um, if, uh, you know, you can join the conversation. I know last week when we talked about step 10, uh, Ruth contributed her thoughts, uh, by email. If you have, uh, something, you know, your own experience, strength and hope around step 11 that you'd like to contribute, please, uh, email us or, or, you know, call us and, uh, and leave us a voice message. And, and Wendy, how can people do that? Well, you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Just put the podcast on pause and join the conversation at 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. Or if you prefer to use your um, if you prefer not to use your own voice, you can send an email to feedback at com, And we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, share your experience, strength, hope, or even your questions about today's topic of getting started or next week's topic of step 11, or, or even if you just have a topic that you'd like to talk, that you'd like us to talk about in the future, just please uh, feel free to share. And, uh, you can find all this uh, about our uh, all the information about our show on our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. And uh, we have uh, notes for each episode. We have a blog with um, occasional meditations that used to be daily and haven't been uh, been able to keep that up uh, recently. Um, we make uh, links to the music that we play, and actually each meditation generally has a link to a song too. If you if you click through to the full page. And um, and I've been posting um, open talk speaker recordings, but you know, I found a site that puts up a new open talk recording every day, wow. Monday through Friday. They don't don't do it on the weekend. And uh, if I haven't put a link to that site on the website, I'm going to. And I think um, they're doing such a better job than I am. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to let them do it. Occasionally, you know, if I find one that really I just really like, then then I'll cross post it. Um, but that turned out to be actually a lot more work than I thought it was going to be when I started doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, you can also uh, uh, join the conversation there on the website. Uh, you can leave uh, comments on the meditations. We have a list of suggested topics. And, uh, um, you know, I generally uh, like to respond to somebody who says, let's talk about this topic because, you know, you want to hear it. There are other people who want to hear it. You know, there's a rule of thumb in the in the uh, sort of public relations industry that if one person says it, uh, there's a hundred people out there at least that want to hear it um, who, who aren't speaking up. And uh, we're also always looking for music suggestions. Some of you have sent us some great music suggestions. Um, I came very close to using some of them tonight. <laughs> I just had so many to choose from. It was so hard. Um, and uh, the other thing, since um, the, the meditations are not as regular as they used to be, and I want to thank Beth who, uh, send in a couple of guest meditations, and I've put one of them up, and I'm sort of just waiting a little bit to put the other one up so that we get a little space between them. But if you know you want to contribute a meditation, or uh, would love it, okay? It'll it'll probably go up right away. Um, so uh, 
you know, come on, join the conversation, join the community. Wendy, do you know if we have any voicemails or emails or comments this week? I don't. I don't know if we do or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. And uh, um, we'll, uh, we'll look at them. We'll, uh, we'll read some of the emails. And uh, I think I got a, a voicemail or two to listen to um, after this song. And what is the, what is the song? Uh the song that um, that came to mind when we were talking about getting started for me was um, called Stand. I'd heard it on, there was a TV show called Smash last year, only lasted, I think, a season or two. But um, anyway, it just really spoke to me when I was first getting started in the program. I was just in such despair and my life had become so unmanageable that it just said, you know, Sometimes when all your friends have turned away and there's nothing more that you can do and it just feels like everything's falling apart, just stand and your higher power will see you through. If there's nothing more you can do, just stand. And it was so powerful to me at that time. I mean, I would just bawl every time I heard it. And so when I when I heard that we were doing Getting Started, I just had to, to that was the first one that immediately came to mind because it just gave me so much solace when I was first getting started. What do you do? When you've done all you can And it seems like you can't make it through And what do you say when Your friends turn away You're alone Tell me what do you give When you've given your all And it seems like you can't make it through well, you just stand when there's nothing left to do. You just stand, watch the Lord see you through. Yes, after you've done all you can, you just Start out with a, uh, a voicemail from Jenny. Hi, Spencer. This is um, Jenny from Tasmania. Um, I listened to your program for the first time last night. I've been in Al-Anon for a year. Um, I saw the link to it from a Reddit, Al-Anon on Reddit. I think that you are offering a wonderful service to the rest of the world, and I encourage you and applaud your honesty and commitment and um, I look forward to hearing your next podcast. Thanks Spencer. And thank you Jenny. Um, love the accent by the way. Oh me um, too. <laughs> uh, and Tasmania, another country heard from. Oh, I guess I suppose cool technically Tasmania is part of Australia but you know I really don't know so <laughs> I probably shouldn't <laughs> say. <laughs> but thanks. Um, so uh, Marie wrote and suggested the topic that we talked about today, getting started in Al-Anon. She said, hello. First of all, thank you so much for your podcast. It's been such a help for me since I found it. Secondly, a topic request. I'm quite new to Al-Anon and have been going to meetings for about a month. 
One thing that would be very helpful to me and other newcomers, I think, is just a very straightforward show on getting started. What to expect, what you should do immediately, challenges early on, or simply an intro to the culture of Al-Anon. Thanks for your consideration, Marie. And, you know, I hope we did a reasonable job addressing your questions today. And if we didn't, write and tell us, and, uh, you know, we'll try to do better. Uh, Wendy, you want to read the um, email from Mel? Hi, Spencer. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciated the episode that you did on your own about change. It hit home for me and was what I needed to hear at that time. Thank you for the show and for deciding to continue to do it in Kelly and Swetha's absence. You did a great job. You were so honest and expressed so many things that I feel in my own heart about difficulties with change. I'm a faithful listener to the show, and it often gives me comfort to listen to it. You read a reading at the beginning of the show about relationships, how they change, some last, some don't. They all teach us something. Where did you find that reading, and is it possible to get a copy of it, please, or post it on the website or something? Thank you, Mel. And and I did write back to Mel. Uh, that reading is from an Al-Anon book. The book is called Opening Our Hearts, Transforming Our Losses. It has a sort of a, a not exactly a rainbow on the cover. It sort of goes from blue to orange or something. But it's a colorful cover anyway, if you see it on a literature table somewhere. That's what it is. And it was, I think, the first paragraph or two from a chapter on losses and relationships. It was what I read uh, in, in, in that episode. We got an email from DP. It says, Spencer, thank you for continuing the podcast. I am deeply and indescribably grateful to you for continuing to Swetha and Kelly for their contribution, and to your current and future guests. I have a busy schedule in a big city that makes getting to meetings difficult, and your podcast has brought me much-needed peace of mind. Much love, DP. And uh, Sherry uh, wrote about the changes episode. Yes, said Spencer. Aw, changes, or shall I say, ugh, changes. I listen to the podcast when I go for walks or I'm doing daily chores. I've learned so much. I cannot thank you all enough. I'm sorry to hear that the decision that Kelly and Swaitha had to make, but I want to thank you, Spencer, for your commitment to the recovery show. I know it'll be different, and that's okay. I have found that growing can be painful, but so worth it. I pray for continued growth in you and the recovery show. Thank you for suiting up and showing up for us. You're a rock star. Sherry. Yeah, she said lol, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's just suiting up and showing up is all I can do. And uh, for those of you who made it into the chat room tonight uh, to listen live, you know that uh, we're definitely uh, not one of the most uh, technically adept um, episodes. Those of you who are listening to the recorded episode, you get to miss all the flubs. Sorry. <laughs> um, a longtime listener, Val, uh, who has written to us before, wrote and said, Dear Spencer, I just had to write you this evening after I heard the show from Sunday where you announced the news that Kelly and Swift had decided to leave the Recovery Show podcast. I was driving from my work to Cambridge in the UK when I hit play on the last podcast and was so surprised. When you made the announcement, I became quite tearful. I can only imagine how difficult this must have been for all of you. Whatever the reasons for leaving the show, I'm sure that Kelly and Swift must have agonized over their decision. But I really feel for you and just wanted you to know that I was praying for you tonight for peace and guidance during this time of change. I also wanted to say how dignified you were on the program and how touching it was that you were so very vulnerable with all of your invisible listeners. And yeah, they were invisible. I was staring at the bookshelf, like <laughs> trying to pretend there was a person there as I was talking. Um, your podcasts have been invaluable to me over the last five months, and I've learned so much about alcoholism, recovery, codependency, meetings, AA, sponsorship, and in all that, loads about myself. 
I'm still dipping my toe in the process, and also in the last few months, I've had some major changes in other areas of my life, so I'm still looking for a sponsor. Please be encouraged that whatever form the podcast take, you will definitely have me as part of the audience. Your honesty about your recovery journey inspires me, and yet you are so protective of your loved one. My qualifier is still not in recovery, so I have all the emotions spinning in my world, but you have set a wonderful example of kindness and personal recovery under difficult circumstances. Blessings and love, Val. And uh, I, I can't even respond to that. <laughs> I know. I have tears in my eyes. So thank you, Val, for, for your wonderful share. I, I appreciate all the feedback that you all give. It, it really means a lot to, to anyone who ever does participate in the podcast or, or even those just through like me who are mainly just listeners to the podcast. You know, sharing your feelings on the podcast mean a lot to everybody involved. Yeah. Um, and I had, I did have, as I said last week, there's, there were a lot more emails than I felt I could reasonably, uh, read out loud. In the, um, and some of them were, were, were a little more personal also. And, and I know some of you asked me not to share what you wrote and and I always, um, will honor that request. Um, if you just want to talk directly to me or to me and my guests, um, just let me know. And, and, uh, we won't, uh, we won't read it on the show, obviously. Um, you know, I didn't look to see if we had more iTunes reviews this week, uh, but the iTunes reviews and ratings help to keep us near the front of the listing. So when people are looking for a podcast about recovery, it's easier to find us. And, uh, you know, iTunes does show whatever your uh, login or whatever on iTunes is. So if you're concerned about your anonymity, uh, just give us a, a rating without writing a review and, and it won't show your identity. We're, uh, we're still looking forward to our first anniversary podcast at the beginning of December. And I want to thank those of you who have sent in uh, your stories, either by email or by voice. And uh, I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't, uh, to consider sending in your story. We're looking for a five to ten minute um, story. Uh, you know, what, what, maybe what brought you to the program? What have you found here? Uh, you can send an email. You can record it on your phone and email it or maybe share it through a Dropbox or something. You can call our voicemail number. You can use the voicemail button on the website. There's a lot of different ways to call. And uh, uh, we could also, uh, you know, maybe talk uh, on Skype or something if if that works for you. You know, as as I've said, we, we are um, trying to be live as we record. Um, I didn't get it started till partway into the show tonight, but, you know, technical difficulties. But you can uh, sign up, click on the Listen Live link at the top of the page. It can take you over to the Mixler site, which is what we're using for our live show. And you can sign up there to follow the show. And then you get like an email notification when we're about to go on the air. And uh, that that's helpful. I don't know when I'm going to record the next episode because it really depends on who I get as guests and when they're available. Um, sometime within the next week. Also depends on whether I um, go out of town this weekend. I may be going to a, another youth, youth conference for a church this weekend, and that would uh, also put sort of a crimp in recording on the weekend. And uh, finally, you know, it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show, but we do have expenses, which uh, currently running actually about fifty dollars a month as more people listen. And you can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Howard did. Thank you, Howard. And we also have put together a list of recovery-related books. And, and uh, you know, we talked about several books tonight. We talked about the How Al-Anon Works book, which you should be able to find at any meeting. Uh, and look for the paperback. The paperback is 6 bucks. It's a bargain. 
Uh, the hardbacks somewhat more, 15, 18, something like that. I don't know, inflation. Uh, but it's still, uh, it's it, the, the paperback is an amazing deal. Um, if, you know, you're not where you can get to a meeting or your meeting doesn't carry literature, we do have a books page, and I think all of the books we mentioned tonight are on that page, so you can go there, and uh, some of them you can order from Amazon, some of them you uh, can order directly from Al-Anon. And if you order from Amazon, uh, we do get a little bit of a commission doesn't cost you anything more, but it helps to support the show. In fact, I'm going to put a little plug in here. It's coming up to a Black Friday, and I know I'm starting to look at uh, sales that they're having on Amazon right now. You can buy anything on Amazon. If you want to buy some popcorn on Amazon, buy your popcorn. But if you do it through our link, we get a little bit for it, and it costs you nothing extra. So if you're buying anything on Amazon, I, I encourage yeah. you to use that. Yeah, the way that works, if you if you click on one of the links, and it doesn't matter which link, uh, to go to Amazon, and then anything you buy in that same session um, gets credited to us. Um, if you put it in your shopping cart and come back later, uh, my understanding is it does not. So correct. Um, be decisive. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Those deals go fast. You want to buy it yeah. right now. Anyway. Oh man, Amazon has been spamming my mailbox with all this stuff about Black Friday. Like you know, <laughs> they want me to put ads all over the website, and I'm not going to do that. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. Okay, and uh, just want to thank you all for your support in whatever form you give it, whether it's monetary, uh, whether it's sending us an email or a voicemail, whether it's maybe contributing a meditation, or just listening. Um, I know you're out there, and we are here for you. I want to close the show with um, a song from my youth. I heard this actually in the restaurant at lunch today. This was not on my original list. And they were playing it just as I was leaving, and I thought, oh, got to do it. Got to do it. This is Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. The song is called From the Beginning. And here's a few lyrics. There might have been things I missed, but don't be unkind. It don't mean I'm blind. Perhaps there's a thing or two I think of lying in bed I shouldn't have said. But there it is. You see it's all clear. You were meant to be here from the beginning. And I think when we come to an Al-Anon meeting, that's our beginning, and we are meant to be there. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. 
Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so that we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. Thank you.